planet Earth, anywhere in America, the EU, Israel, the Middle East, Asian nations. We could go on and on because we have people that are hungry for truth listening on all kinds of social media, from podcasting to television to video to our website to our Roku channel and many other uh, social media platforms that have a combined reach that is significant. But, you know, you cannot trust the numbers because the numbers are a reflection of a lie. The lie is composed of a deliberate and systematic rigging of the numerical amount of people who are actually listening and watching. And that would be the same for not just the Paul McGuire report. That would be operational for any group or individual that endeavors to speak the truth. Look, in America right now, if you stand up and attempt to communicate the truth, you become the enemy of those that have surrendered their minds and hearts to the great lie. I mean, it's really that just that simple. You can pretend it's not simple because subconsciously you're looking for an exit strategy so you can play a mind game and and invent a little narrative for yourself where you decide that, oh, you really are standing up for truth. You really are communicating the truth. But when the day is done, your writing, your speaking, your video, and anything else that you may do is nothing more than a mirror reflection of what the atheists, the humanists, the transhumanists, the Luciferians, and the occultists and the secular humanists all have to say. In other words, if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a communicator of truth, but the content of what you're producing, like words or video or film or television or whatever, if your content is essentially no different from the contents of communist China, communist Russia, militant secular humanist organizations, transhumanist organizations, if there's no difference between what you're communicating and what they're communicating, well, well, guess what that means? You already know what it means. It means that you've compromised. It means that you've sold out. It means that in order to retain or acquire a position or money or temporal earthly power and respect that you have sold out, and you have systematically and deliberately diluted your message. You've watered it down so that um, it will not be offensive to anybody. But if you're a Christian or a conservative or just a a, a person, uh, if you fit into any one of those categories, then you would all fit into one of those categories. The simple fact of the matter is this. Once your message and your content and your belief system that you're attempting to communicate is is so socially engineered that there's no difference between what you're saying and what an atheist or a secular humanist or a communist or a Marxist is saying, you are you have sold out. You have sold out, and you may deceive yourself into thinking or justify yourself into thinking that what you're doing is that you're doing this on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. But you see, the the message of the cross of Jesus Christ, the biblical historical account of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the reality and factual nature of the Ten Commandments, 
and all the teachings of God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. They are, by their very birth, and and that birth was when God, the Creator, capital C, created this world, created Adam and Eve, created our genetic code, created the Garden of Eden. When God did all of that, and he chose to do it with the authority of the spoken word of God, so God said stuff like, let there be light, and bam, light stretched out as far as you could see. Now, you can play mind games and attempt to say that there's essentially no difference between the darkness and the spiritual darkness, or the light or, or the spiritual light. You can say there's no difference between the two. That way, whatever actions or philosophy you're promoting, you are patting yourself on the back and justifying it as an act of courage, when the fact of the matter is it's not an act of courage. It's an, hour, it's an act of cowardice. It's an act of fear. Because if your goal, if your inner compass is calibrated, let's say, to to sail or fly to the uttermost north, the North Pole. And yet, as you take off in your your jet and you start flying over different continents, and it's very foggy outside, but you're looking at your instrument panel, and you happen to notice as you look at an electronic map of planet Earth, and you look at an electronic symbol of the jet you're in, you happen to notice that the jet you're in is going in the polar opposite direction, no pun intended, of where the North Pole should be, the uttermost north. In fact, your jet is going in the 180 degrees opposite direction. It's going to the uttermost south of planet Earth. And then so you have in the very north of planet Earth, you have the Arctic region and to the very south of planet Earth, and you have the North Pole and the South Pole. Why the North Pole and the South Pole? Because once again, everything in this physical world reality flows from a projection of a specific electromagnetic frequency that has a specific numerical value. And so every one of us, as we talk, as we live, the buildings we go into, uh, the thinking, the ideas, Everything in this physical world universe doesn't come from nowhere. It comes from another dimension, and there is some kind of software programming. We know what it is. The software programming is the Word of God. It was created by the infinite personal living God of the universe. And so all of us as people are a projection, a a magnification of a specific numerical electromagnetic frequency. It is the nature of the EMF, the electromagnetic frequency, that shapes our form, our intelligence, our DNA, our genetics, and everything else. So again, as we look down on planet Earth from outer space, to the uttermost north is the Arctic region. To the uttermost south is Antarctica. And these are polar opposites. but they they are called those names because the ancient scientists and the ancient civilizations knew that the uh, uttermost north or the, or the Arctic and the uttermost south or uh, Antarctica represented what was called um, 
the electromagnetic poles of planet Earth. And the fundamental idea was that the electromagnetic poles were expressions of the electromagnetic frequency energies which were projected into the Earth. And you and I are living projections of those electromagnetic frequencies. Therefore, everything in creation, including human beings, everything in creation is a direct product of at least two powerful forces. The force of electricity, as in electro, and the, and the force of magnetism, as in the term magnetic. So an electromagnetic frequency is the frequency by which everything in our physical reality world um, comes from. Okay, so we are in a time, as I've said many times before on the Paul McGuire Report, we are in a time like no other time in the history of planet Earth. Things are happening that have never happened before. And right now, uh, we are, America and the rest of the world, is in an unparalleled danger. We have reached a danger level that scientists refer to as uh, a human extinction level event, which simply means that when the chaos and crises magnify exponentially in terms of uh, water, climate, food, the potential of World War III, and on and on and on, when all of those factors begin to reach their, their maximum, there's a certain point scientifically where this physical reality world that the creator of this world created, God, when mankind collectively as beings, when the weapons of war, the technologies of war, the scientific mind control and the sciences of war, as they, as they earn compound interest, so to speak, because you see, their destructive power, what they represent, like the atomic bomb and the hydrogen bomb, there's a, a big movie, it's either out or it's coming out very soon, on uh, one of my childhood heroes, because I wanted to be a nuclear physicist as a young kid. And there was a famous scientist named Robert Oppenheimer, or Oppenheimer. Robert Oppenheimer was a genius, and he was appointed by the President of the United States to, to put together and create atomic bombs, hydrogen bombs, and nuclear weapons so that we could defeat our enemies and prevent the loss of hundreds of millions of lives in, in a war. So we were in a race against various nations, including communist Russia and Nazi Germany. Now, in this race to develop nuclear weapons, Robert Oppenheimer, he was a secular humanist, an atheist, but he was also an occultist. And he was the guy, the chief scientist in charge, in this, in charge of a top secret program that was split for security purposes in, in countless numbers of secret laboratories, secret institutes, secret uh, naval bases, secret military bases, and, and secret 
highly advanced technologies that most people didn't even think were possible. So in the desert, for example, Alamogordo, I believe it's in New Mexico, was one of the places where Robert Oppenheimer, and he had a special team of high-powered scientists that included people like Enrico Fermi, the Italian physicist, and they occupied many floors of a skyscraper and then deep underground in a giant uh, skyscraper built in uh, the, the city of Chicago. There was a secret nuclear development center. And when I was a young kid, you know, I thank God there wasn't uh, these social media toys because I was starving for knowledge. I was starving for truth. And when I dreamed, maybe I was a nerd. I don't care whether people called me a nerd or not. And I don't care to this day if people call me a nerd. But I had a passionate drive. In fact, a Mona Lisa overdrive, that's a pun, a Mona Lisa overdrive to pursue um, and discover truth scientifically, spiritually, technologically, and so on and so forth. And so I wanted to be a nuclear physicist. And I would study the lives at the local public library. I would rent about 25 books on average per month. I would read the bios of all the great scientists and physicists, biologists. I would uh, read the actual books on uh, a wide spectrum of sciences. And uh, I somehow I rented these books from the public library that, that were produced by Time Life magazine. And they featured these unbelievably full-color, lifelike photographs of these massive uh, nuclear reactors and these massive uh, nuclear uh, uh, devices, technological de devices, that were designed to fire subatomic material and to fire atoms in, in this giant circular tubing and when and they were they were called back then when I was a kid atom smashers and the goal was was that was that you wanted to accelerate subatomic particles in these tubes so they would deliberately these subatomic particles would deliberately crash into opposing subatomic particles uh, inside of the atom smasher and when there was that that detonation or collision between subatomic particles. They're, they're, when they hit with force, and there would be like a deafening, thundering crack, like the universe was being split in two. When these subatomic particles crashed into one another, it caused a nuclear reaction. It caused a, an atomic detonation. The splitting of the atom, the atom, of course, being one of God's fundamental units or fundamental structures of reality. When, when scientists split the atom, this was so radical back then that the splitting of the atom, when, when an atom is fired at another subatomic particle and it splits the atom, that atom literally cracks open and it releases this infinitely powerful, overwhelming, nuclear, overwhelming, electrical, and overwhelming magnetic force that was the direct consequence of smashing atoms and detonating an atomic bomb or a hydrogen bomb, which, which had 
uh, exponentially, you know, hundreds of thousands of more power when that when it was detonated than conventional bombs where you used conventional powdered explosives like dynamite and other stuff. Now, as you hear me talk on the Paul McGuire report right now, it's interesting that if you contemplate this, the the subtext of all of this is in a strange way, the subtext of all this is in a strange way a a mirror truth, a parallel principle of what is going on now in our world with other technologies. And the power of these technologies is expanding exponentially every day. So um, nobody wants to see nuclear weapons or atomic bombs dropped on anybody. And our heart, of course, breaks for any nation or peoples uh, which were uh, victimized by the dropping of, of nuclear weapons on, on their cities, like in Japan, where they dropped two different atomic bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Millions of Americans, American servicemen, were stationed in the Philippines waiting for orders to, to invade Japan. And if they invaded Japan by ship, by planes, and other means, if the American military used conventional armies and naval ships and nuclear weapons and stuff like that, the projected loss of American soldiers uh, fighting the, the almost invincible Japanese soldiers, the net result of that conflict would be, our, our military scientists projected, that millions and millions and millions of American soldiers would die in a conventional warfare confrontation, millions of them. And, and sadly enough, and tragically also, millions and millions and millions of Japanese soldiers would die. Our nation was reluctant to, to engage with Japan militarily because they were so fierce due to their religious beliefs, and the Japanese had their own Asiatic religion. Uh, in which the emperor of, of Japan was viewed as the god of Japan. And they were not afraid of death, and that's why they were able to produce what was known as kamikaze pilots. And these were pilots that uh, would deliberately fly their airplanes uh, into American battleships and aircraft carriers and deliberately fly their airplanes into all of our naval ships and naval stations that were stationed uh, at Pearl Harbor. But the American people were not gung-ho about getting involved in, in a war until after Pearl Harbor and after they saw the bloodbath. Then America, also fighting Hitler and the Nazis, uh, had to engage the Japanese army. And they were incredibly fierce, and the technology that they had, they used uh, with a weapon-like precision. And so, eventually, our generals and our president had to make an, uh, a life-tormenting decision. And the decision was, if, they in, if, if, we, if America invaded Japan, and if we engaged in Japan with conventional warfare, meaning physical troops, airplanes, 
rockets, missiles, bombs, navy, and all that stuff. The losses of Japanese soldiers and civilians would have been astronomical, and consequently, the the losses and casualty and the death of American soldiers invading Japan and American civilians who would be the counter-invasion by Japan, it would have resulted in the loss of millions of American soldiers and, and civilians. So our president and our generals, uh, which had been racing to develop uh, atomic weapons before the Nazis did, we, we developed, because of Robert Oppenheimer, the scientist, the physicist, we developed um, two atomic bombs. Um, and we dropped those two atomic bombs from, from planes very, in a very primitive manner. We dropped a different atomic bomb in each of the two cities. Again, the cities were Nagasaki and Hiroshima. When those atomic bombs went off for the first time in human history, you saw a massive mushroom cloud, a, a, a flash of radiation that blinded the eyes for hundreds of miles all around. And those atomic bombs that were detonated by our military, uh, tragically in many respects, killed millions and millions of Japanese soldiers and destroyed the Japanese, let's say, military-industrial complex. The Japanese could see no way out of America's superiority in a military sense. So So the result of dropping the two atomic bombs was not the increase of deaths. The result of dropping two atomic bombs on Japan produced uh, a death toll and a crippling of their military and ultimately saved countless millions of American civilian lives and, and countless millions of American soldiers' lives. So where does it, this is why it's so important to know history. You've got to know history. You know, I, every day on the news I hear the commentary. It's so tragic. I keep hearing secular reporters and other reporters on television and big media outlets. They're constantly talking about, and this is from the mouths of conservatives, Christians, atheists, humanists, and from the mouths of, of liberals and Marxists. They're all lamenting the fact that um, we are we have raised the generation of people who we, we have victimized through scientific mind control, propaganda, social engineering, and we have, uh, through uh, uh, advanced psychological techniques and ma- manipulation, we have literally warped the consciousness of several generations of young people. We have warped their consciousness. We have bent their minds. We have embedded their subconscious with 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 an endless download of contradictory messaging regarding identity, thinking, cognitive abilities, perception, and then basic ideological beliefs. It's gotten so bad that American youth and American children don't even know what sex they are. And that that makes America ridiculously separate from every other nation. Because while America is using uh, social engineering to produce millions of children who who can no longer recognize that their physical or biological uh, being 
which which blatantly declares in their DNA and their genetic code and who they are in terms of an electromagnetic frequency projection into this physical real world, the the deep identities of all these American schoolchildren are scarred forever, forever because even in a biological sense, they can look at themselves in the mirror or whatever, and it is obvious from their anatomy and what kind of like sexual organs they have or what kind of sexual organs they don't have. Things like a woman's reproductive organs being entirely different than a man's reproductive organs. And then on top of that, a woman having uh, uh, completely different kinds of breasts than the, the male breasts or chest of a man or young boys, all which is tied into the biochemistry of children, and it's tied into their genetic coding. Now, what this does, you, I, don't, I don't care what your personal opinion is. It means nothing if historical truth doesn't support us or support it. This, all of this social engineering, where we have tinkered with the, with the core identity structure of our children, so they no longer know whether they're male or female, that, that uh, nightmare on Elm Street approach to DNA is, has created a, a weakness. It has created a, a mortal uh, Achilles heel in millions of our children because the confusion that we've programmed them with is we have deliberately sucked out of their subconscious minds masculine attributes and feminine attributes. Now, that may be fine, and it really isn't fine, but that may be fine in certain cloistered, safe, protected environments. But when it comes to life and death struggles, when it comes to military warfare and the prospect of World War III, when it comes to the fact that America may soon need, when I say America may soon need, I'm talking about America may need to assemble a powerful uh, military force that is up to speed and, and more than ready to engage in military warfare with nations like communist Russia, Cuba, the communist nations of South America. America may be forced to engage in World War III, whether it likes it or not. And, and the overwhelming and haunting nightmarish projection is this. Do we still have enough boys becoming men that are up to the task of being soldiers? I don't care what you think. Look at history. Yes, there have been many times in history where women have been used in the military, but they were not used in the military as frontline soldiers for this obvious reason. Men, biologically, genetically, and through their DNA, in military armies, men are genetically, and due to their DNA, men are genetically far more physically stronger than females. Fact. Like it or not, in a battlefield war environment where death and massacre and rape and conquest and the mass obliteration of civilians and everything else, where all hell breaks loose, is erupting all around you, God 
and even if you didn't believe in God, Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, which is, by the way, completely false, it's based on the scientific principle that might makes right. The idea that Darwin espoused in evolution was that the species or the sex or whatever determined how much strength and biological power different creatures or male and female had. And therefore, according to Darwin, might makes right. So if you, if you have two armies, one composed of males and one composed of females, even according to Darwin, the male army is going to win because they're physically stronger. And I'm sorry to break your hearts, but it's a, it's a scientific fact. They're physically stronger. They're emotionally and psychologically better adjusted to survive and be victorious in all-out war. That's just part of the DNA of men. You can say, no, it isn't all you want, but that's like saying females are equal to males on a DNA genetic level, and they're not. Okay, so let's look at the real world, not the, you know, you need to get my books and, and self-educate at hyperspeed. We don't have much time here. It could be months. It could be less than a year. But you are going to see the eruption of electromagnetic pulse weapons, the eruption of nuclear weapons, dirty nukes, 5G weapons. You're going to see biological warfare, chemical warfare nuclear warfare. All hell is about to break loose. You, you look at the data, it's all, it's all red light flashing. Red light flashing. And the church is asleep. They're asleep, but not only that, they're drunk. They're intoxicated on the wine of Babylon because they haven't been in fellowship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. They have rejected Jesus Christ. They have rejected the word of Jesus Christ. And they, like ancient Israel, have chosen to play the harlot and join the great harlot or the great whore, Mystery Babylon. And that means that um, they, they have allowed a confusion to come on uh, male and female core identities. And that has produced a new sociological phenomena, never seen before in human history. This new psychological formula or phenomena is the pervasive, widespread, both psychologically and biologically. And in the Christian church, we have an, an, an epidemic known as the feminization of males. Males have deliberately, through social engineering, they have been deliberately feminized. They have been deliberately made softer and more feminine both on the biological level, the hormone level, the biochemical level, and the genetic level. They don't have the toughness. They don't have the metal that previous, gener uh, previous generations of males ha have had in order to win a war and survive. So this is because the leaders of America, the intellectuals of America, millions of Americans, the scientists, the, the uh, social engineers, that they all gather together in our highest institutions of science and education, and they wholesale rejected the full spectrum of truth or a biblical worldview from God's Word. And they rejected God's Word just like Adam and Eve did, and the result was 
the death force entered the human race, the fall of man occurred, and the the fruit of all this is that men uh, have become feminized and women have become more masculine. And in a, a military warfare environment, men who God made uh, physically stronger and mentally tougher to survive and protect the family during times of war, uh, that, that uh, component genetically no longer is there, or it, it has been significantly reduced. So what has happened? What has happened is this. The Communist Chinese army is soon going to become the most powerful military in the entire world. And right now, in Russia and in Communist China and in other communist nations, they are not teaching what the Marxists and the communist professors and social engineers of America are teaching our children. The communist Chinese social engineers and military are deliberately programming young males to become hyper-males and to develop what is termed a toxic masculinity. What does that mean? That the communist Chinese military is programming the core identity of young males to become uh, super soldiers, ultra-violent, and, and masculine, hyper-masculine to the point of becoming like monsters. So they term this hyper-masculinity being cultivated in the lives of Chinese military-age males. This hyper-masculinity has been branded with the term toxic masculinity. Why? Toxic means poisonous and destructive. Their masculinity is so far out of balance that it has become toxic, and the results are rape, violence, fighting. Uh, the men have no purpose in life whatsoever than to be a living Terminator uh, robot type personality. They, they have in, the Communist Chinese, Chinese army has instilled the lust for war, the lust for blood, the lust for conflict, the lust for killing, and everything military and everything that has to do with war has been programmed in the billions of males in China. Now, if they were to engage the European Union, if Communist China, which which is already signaling this, if Communist China was to invade South America or North America, if Communist China was to invade the United States of America through ships, through jets, through uh, helicopters, through their vast navy, through their submarines, by infiltrating the border at South America, uh, the, the, the Communist Chinese military is very powerful and resourceful, and it has many, many avenues by which to invade America and directly attack American civilians and American youth. And the Chinese Communist Army, which is massive and cutting edge, has been preparing to conquer and has been taking steps to conquer America from within for the last 50 or 60 years. And so they're invading Cuba, they're invading South America. There, there is at least at minimum, and it's probably far higher, at minimum over 1 million communist Chinese agents 
that have been secretly embedded in all facets of American society. So at a prearranged or predetermined point in time when when uh, hostilities are at their maximum between communist China and America over you know who's going to win, who's going to control the resources, who's going to have the monetary and military superiority. Beginning 60 years ago, the communist Chinese thinking way ahead, not being short-term thinkers, they very subtly and secretly began to embed all facets of American society, from the highest educational institutions, the owners of television networks, motion picture studios, film producers, educational environment, scientific biological laboratories, nuclear laboratories, computer laboratories, and on and on and on. And then communist Chinese trained agents, carefully cultivated over decades, also have become very wealthy with the help of communist China, and they have bought massive amounts of American land, American real estate, American technology companies, American computer companies, American solar and energy companies, uh, the, the small-time business owner, uh, many of them from communist China. They're really agents of communist China masquerading as a small-time business owner. And they have been secretly trained, secretly networking, and at a certain point, if necessary, the communist Chinese higher-ups in their military will activate this secret and hidden army that is all among us here in America, and they will have access to weapons and bombs and nuclear things. And the next thing you know, Americans that have been drunk in pride and stupidity and idolatry, in a nanosecond, Americans will be shaken to their core as they realize that the heavily armed communist Chinese troops are not only invading us from the sky, from submarines underwater, from a massive naval force, from from a physical military land army, army that consists of millions of people, and using all kinds of technology. On one hand, we have the external military invasion of America by Chinese forces uh, and their massive and diverse military structure, sneaking across the border, penetrating gangs and selling drugs. They, they are embedded here. They're seated here. And they can be activated to rise up like any other army in, from hiding, and they can go into action overnight. And cons this is a conservative estimate. I'm giving you the most conservative estimate I can find, that the total numerical number of this secret communist Chinese army already inside of America and controlling politics and media, et cetera, et cetera, controlling voting machines, et cetera, et cetera, this communist Chinese army can raise itself up in a very quick period of time and come out of apparently nowhere. And the next thing you know, Americans will be in a state of shock as over a million people, male and female, in every city and town in America are suddenly materializing and Americans realize they are all part of the massive, heavily trained communist Chinese army. I mean, I don't know what to tell you but to say, wake up.
a similar and parallel invasion has already occurred with Russia over the long term, suddenly invading the United States. Numerous South American communist nations um, have also used their resources, their money, and their soldiers that have been trained. They come through the border of Mexico, and they have already invaded and penetrated the United States of America. And like the secretive communist Chinese army, the Russian communist army is ready to be mobilized at a moment's notice. And remember, this is a two-fold attack. It's an internal invasion, and it's an external military invasion. And they're going to choose strategically our moment of weakness. For example, they have trillions and trillions of dollars to spend. They could several major, some of two of the most major powerful nations in South America have now ditched the dollar as their currency, and they're using communist Chinese money, and that's happening all across the world. That destabilizes the American dollar, and when push comes to shove, it can be defined as an act of brutal warfare between communist China and the United States. But the instrument of this brutal warfare is the the tossing away of the American dollar and replacing it with Chinese currency, and then replacing the Chinese currency with uh, communist-dominated and communist-controlled electronic wireless paperless currency. And that's happening now. And Americans better wake up. We have been penetrated at the highest levels of American institutions. We have been invaded, penetrated, and compromised at the very highest levels of American institutions. That means in the highest level of our governmental structures. That means in the highest level of our military and intelligence structures, our scientific structures, our uh, computer industry structures our biological DNA and genetic code manufacturing structures. We, we have been uh, conquered without even knowing it. And they own us. They own our economy. And all of this, by the way, it didn't happen because they were smarter or better than us. You need to read my book. I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you this just to sell books. I'm telling you this so that, by the grace of God, you would be empowered with knowledge, and knowledge is power, and you would be then able to be a diplomat and communicate this knowledge to your friends, to your family members, and to your children before it's too late. America has got to wake up fast before it's too late. That means in order to wake up, we must first wake up spiritually. As such, America must have a biblical great awakening, a spiritual great awakening, Immediately. If we do not, we will perish and be taken over and go into captivity. America must wake up spiritually and theologically. Chinese communist agents and Russian agents and Marxist professors and communist professors, going back to 1917 at the Frankfurt School in Germany, they laid out a master plan to conquer America from within by infusing communist and Marxist ideology into all of our institutions and our youth, and that has already happened. 
we have been crippled. The Communist Chinese Army and their intelligence agencies, they have compromised, they have controlled, they have bought, they have purchased American corporations, American money, American banking institutions, American financial institutions, American scientific institutions, educational institutions. On every level of American society, we have been compromised. Our, our politicians have been bought and paid for with money and with blackmail and with all kinds of things. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report. The Communist Chinese social credit system uses hundreds of millions of computers that are constantly spying 24-7 on Chinese citizens. They're being spied on through the Internet, the Communist Chinese Party, and through, through an endless number of ways. So essentially, Communist Chinese society is like a Nazi concentration camp. It's just painted it up a little prettier. Never forget that. Never forget that. And never forget the fact that the reason they have this power is American companies sold them the technologies to dominate their citizens and threaten America. Never forget that it was the globalist elite, the international bankers, who financed the communist Chinese super buildup in their economy, their monetary system. In, in, in nothing short of a miracle. And that was orchestrated by Rockefeller and Kissinger and uh, presidents of the United States of America who, who did secret business deals with communist China, China and America. And we literally, by design, the globalist elite sent all of our manufacturing, our giant corporations and companies, American know-how, American financing, American technology, and American manufacturing was all sent into impoverished third world nations like communist China, where they could now produce their goods and services, their products, etc., etc. They could go into mass production. American companies could now go into mass production, capitalizing on communist Chinese slave labor, which means it costs American companies nothing, nothing to make these products. And it was guys like Rockefeller and the other globalists who orchestrated this. Now, now look, you need to get up to speed so you can get other people up to speed. In my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, I tell the entire story of how this happened. I tell the story, I quote from Rockefeller right out of a New York Times editorial where Rockefeller is praising communist China praising the dictator, Chairman Mao. And even though Rockefeller and the globalists are fully aware that, that communist China and the communist Chinese party, that they ruthlessly slaughtered at least 300 to 350 million of their own people. They shot them to death and starved them to death, worked them to death and put them into Chinese communist concentration camps. And Chairman Mao, the top dictator of communist China, who Rockefeller praised openly, he, he has made many quotes. One of his most famous quotes is this, all power comes from the barrel of a gun. You see, communist Chinese dictators know the power of a gun. And they also know that if you, the first thing a communist Chinese or communist Russian 
or a communist revolution of any kind, one of the first things they do as they're taking over a nation and enslaving the people is they take all the guns away from the people because they know that once the people are deprived of their guns, they're like helpless little children and they will be massacred. That's why Chairman Mao said, all power comes from the barrel of a gun. So the game plan is always to remove or take away the guns from the population so America can be invaded and the people slaughtered because they're defenseless. Now, the problem in America is we have suburban housewives and, and so many large percentages of America who are absolutely deprived of any knowledge of history. And in their stupidity, sorry, and in their foolishness, sorry, they erroneously believe that they will promote peace and social justice and social harmony and end racism, etc., and end crime and shooting and end school shootings if they simply take away all the guns from the people, when the exact opposite is true. When the people are disarmed, they're like lambs to the slaughter. The American people need to have the right to own guns in order to protect themselves. And the founding fathers did that, put it in the Constitution, not to protect the American people from burglars, but to protect the American people from being enslaved by a foreign government or a foreign army or any totalitarian-oriented politician. Therefore, as Newt Gingrich said, and I don't agree with everything that he says, he said, and it was quite brilliant of him, he said that if the American people lose their, their constitutional right to own and control guns, then every other constitutional right that we have, like freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, and all the rest of the freedoms that we have, they're, they're, they're worthless, Newt Gingrich said. They're worthless because if you cannot protect your constitutional rights, if you cannot protect your right to be free, right to free speech, etc., and, and Gingrich said, the, wake up, he said, the only way that you can adequately protect your rights is that you must first and foremost protect your constitutional right to bear arms and own and possess a gun. That's the only thing that's going to keep communist revolutionaries from knocking at your door, raping your children and your wife right in front of you. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you the truth. If you're angry or offended, it's because you really need to wake up. Okay. What, is, what they're bringing is a horror that is unimaginable and is knocking at the doorstep. And our highest officers in the land have been corrupted and blackmailed. God has go, given us this nanosecond in history to rise in a law-abiding and peaceful manner to acquire knowledge of what's really going on, to acquire knowledge in order to, to develop an effective strategy for victory and preserving our freedom. Remember this, the primary enemy of every communist revolution throughout history, wake up and hear what I'm saying, the primary, the primary um, objective of every communist revolution in history is to attack and destroy Christianity. They have put that in all their communist literature, their communist agendas, and communist writing. 
Their first goal is always to destroy a Christian church, Christian pastors, undermine the Bible, destroy Christians, arrest Christians, undermine Christians. That is their first and foremost method of attack and invasion. And it's taught in all the communist textbooks. If you want to destroy a nation, if you want to enslave a nation, if you want to imprison a people like America and take away all the freedoms and make them your slaves, and then if you want to be free to kill off uh, hundreds of millions of Americans because you've taken away their guns and their freedoms, if you want to do that successfully, you must first, number one on your agenda, is that you must take away the guns of the law-abiding and peaceful American people. Nowhere in this this record of school shootings, nowhere in this record of, of unstable people killing innocent people, you do not see any uh, factual feedback indicating that these uh, horrible school shootings are the result of the ownership of guns. On the contrary, what we're seeing is that the fact that there's nobody in the school or some other, nobody in the school that's been trained to carry a firearm who can function as a de facto police officer, that would be the most powerful deterrent from a school shooter than anything else. The school shooters know the kids are unarmed. There's nobody in the school that's trained and that is carrying a gun. In other words, that the doors are wide open for the school shooter to massacre the young and innocent children. And the stupid solution proposed is to take away the guns from all the good people, all the Christians, all the loving and law-abiding people, to take away guns from them so they have no ability to protect the children or to protect themselves. And so in city after city, it's totally unnecessary. The children are being massacred by school shooters because there's nobody in the school who has been trained to carry a gun and who is qualified to use that gun to defend the innocent children. In every single case, if there was someone who was trained, they could have, because of their training, taken down the psychotic school shooter before he began killing innocent students because they would have been trained in firearms training and they could have fired a single shot at a distance and taken down the, the school shooter and saved the lives of hundreds of children and then across the United States over and over again, saving the lives of thousands and thousands of innocent children. What protects us is the legal ownership of guns. If you take away the guns, you have taken away the ability of the citizen, of the parents and the schools to defend themselves. And if and when the day comes, and it may come quite sooner than you think, that communist China or some other nation in, in concert with an alliance with many other nations, if the day comes they invade the United States of America heavily armed with toxic males, with no Christian values to restrain them, and they begin to massacre in the streets of America with high-powered weapons and biological warfare and tanks and missiles and all kinds of stuff, and they begin to march through our cities, our apartments, our houses, and our homes, destroying and massacring our children because we have no means of defending ourselves. Our politicians sold us out long ago. All of that is on the horizon.
the only method that we have that God has made available to us to save ourselves, to save our children, and to save our nation is that we must engage as law-abiding and peaceful citizens, we must engage in spiritual warfare or prayer warfare first, and then we must have the appropriate people trained, evaluated, who have guns, who can protect us from external invasion or psychotic school shooters. Now, we are, you know, the the, the devil is knocking at the door. The wolves are at the door. The time of playing church, man, that's long over. God is issuing a call from heaven right now to his people. God is calling you. God is calling me. God is calling every man, child, and woman that calls themselves by the name of Jesus Christ. God is calling you now to respond to his summons, to respond to his orders for you and me coming from the throne room of heaven. It's the last days, and God is giving us his plans. God is giving us his instructions, his mandate, and commandments. If we obey God and stop rejecting his word, and if we choose to do exactly what God tells us to do in the word, and we couple that with intense prayer, and we ask God in the name of Jesus to clothe us with power from on high, to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see the unleashing of the most powerful spiritual dynamic in all of human history. Because we're praying in the power of the Holy Spirit and praying in the authority of the Word of God, because we're obeying God and not rejecting God, because we're aligning ourselves in body, soul, and spirit with the Word of God, God in His mercy will honor that humility and He will begin to pour through us and fill us with the re- a biblical revival, a biblical third great awakening, and he will clothe us with power from on high. When we as individual Christians repent of our disobedience, repent of our sins, repent of our rebellion, the moment we do that, and the moment we choose to worship God in spirit and truth, the moment we choose to obey God and all of God's word, not just cherry-picking God's word, the moment or nanosecond we make that decision, God will supernaturally release his divine power upon America, and God will deliver America, God will deliver the Christians in America, God will deliver innocent people in America, God will deliver America from certain destruction and socially engineered slavery. God will perform a miraculous act, and his supernatural power will be fully released to move through his people, and the result will be that God will enter the picture in the battle, and God supernaturally will turn the tide of the battle around. And instead of America being slaughtered, instead of the gospel of Jesus Christ blocked from being preached, instead of the widespread slaughter of billions of Christians in America and around the world, instead of the collapse of the banking system and mass poverty and mass starvation, instead of the enslavement and the capturing of millions of Americans that are targeted and profiled to be sent to re-education camps and uh, concentration camps, instead of that nightmare horror of a future 
rising up before us as we pray and call out to God, God will supernaturally intervene. And when God Almighty supernaturally intervenes on the basis of his word, he will send power upon his people. He will invade America. Listen to me, please. God Almighty, King of kings and Lord of lords, will invade America with the armies of God and the technology of God. And in that moment, we will overturn the plans of wickedness. In that moment, we will overturn the schemes and wiles of the devil. In that moment, we will take back the land and the freedoms stolen from us. And we will begin to repent and live once again like true Christians, filled with the Holy Spirit and obedient to his word. When we do that, when we're obedient to his word, we will synchronize with Deuteronomy 28, the blessings and the curses. And when we step in to that matrix, the biblical blessings and curses, that is the moment that God in Deuteronomy 28, in the first half of the chapter, will supernaturally release the blessings, the healing, and the prosperity of God on Christians and on America. And then in the second half of Deuteronomy 28, God will send curses upon America, the people of America, and American Christians. Yes, they will receive the curses of God. Read Deuteronomy 28, the second half of the chapter, and you will see an itemized account of every area or category of life where the loving and fair God will curse our agriculture, our economics, our military defenses, everything that we take advantage of regarding what's categorized as a blessing will be turned into a curse if we continue to walk down the path of defiance from the Lord Jesus Christ. So finally, I ask you to read my book sequentially. Power from on high is the newest book. It is a, it's essential. Also read The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind. It is mandatory. Make sure you store in your heart the powerful truth in conquering the matrix. Um, a Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1. A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2. And all the other books available to you right now at a discount. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And finally, remember this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual warfare has a financial and personal cost. I need you to become my prayer partner, to, to ask the Lord what you can donate, give, and con contribute in terms of financial contributions. And then whatever the Lord tells you to do, obey him. Obey him quickly because time is running out. And join and partner with me as we spread this message of revival and hope across America and then the world. I need you to stand with me. I need you to volunteer and post and like and promote and spread all of our social media. Together, if we unified, if we unify in the true Holy Spirit of the Lord God of the Bible. God will give us the supernatural power to defeat our enemies and to take back the land. The land is waiting for us, and Jesus Christ is telling us, Occupy until I come. You can do that by visiting paulmcguire.us.